Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to our listeners around the world via the podcast and the Facebook podcast platform. Our listeners on our FM station in New York and our two Philadelphia radio stations. It's Tuesday evening drive time for you. Boy, do we have a great show today. Let's get the show started. Amorous Pollock, introduce us to your fabulous guest. Hi, I'd like to welcome all of our food farms and chefs to join us and introduce you to Adam Bulk, who is from Red Crest Fried Chicken. And Gene, take it away. So, you know, in America, around holidays, the summer season, we talk about you know, the great American, you know, burgers, you know, apple pie, things like that. But I'm going to make the argument that there is probably nothing more American than really delicious fried chicken. And everybody's heard me talk about fried chicken before. We have had some of the great fried chicken in the city on before. But, you know, a little place that recently closed, and we'll get into those circumstances, that will be, you know, starting up again. Uh, in Philadelphia region, you know, Adam Woke, who has Red Crest Fried Chicken, originally out of the Brooklyn area. Adam, welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Um, you know, sorry to have the loss of what is certainly in the top three front, you know, chickens in the city of Philadelphia, arguably the best. You know, that's a tough loss for all of us, but we're so excited about what's to come. So welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much. Uh, excited to be here today and definitely sad to see, uh, you know, Red Crest Fried Chicken close, but it was uh, it was the right decision when we had to make it. It was abrupt, but um, it was the right decision. And it'll just kind of allow us to take a step back and gear up for the opening of our new restaurant, which will, uh, will incorporate Red Crest Fried Chicken uh, into the property. So excited to talk to you today about that and excited to do uh, just have a chance to talk about food in general so adam why don't you take our listeners a little back back to you know your story you opened up in philadelphia 2018 uh you know obviously going into the pandemic and all but you know doing okay tell us a little yeah. bit about you know how you got to where we're at today all right, so um, I moved uh, back to the Philadelphia area. I'm originally from from the area here. I met my wife in New York uh, uh, almost almost 20 years ago now. Um, she's originally from South Philly, and after we had our son, we moved back to Philadelphia. Uh, we were kind of trying to figure out what my plan was. I was commuting to Brooklyn uh, three days a week to still work at my restaurant there. I was also hoping to open a restaurant up in the Catskills inside of a, a renovated hotel uh, up there called Scribner's Catskill Lodge. So I was kind of spreading myself thin. We had a new new son and, um, you know, I just come from this background of, you know, a little bit more involved uh, full service restaurants, fine dining. And I started seeing, you know, these like kind of 
interesting business models of the quick quick service restaurants popping up here and there. And there was one up in the Catskills that just really caught my eye. And as I was sitting and designing this schedule with, you know, 28 people on it and our, our weekly payroll was tens of thousands of dollars. And I was watching this little tiny restaurant crank out burger after burger after burger and milkshake after milkshake with a staff of like six people. And it kind of just made me ask what, what I was doing, you know, why am I sitting here developing this menu or this, this, uh, the schedule with just so many moving parts. And then there's this thing in front of me. That's just, it was, you know, it was one of the spots in the, in the town that had really good Wi-Fi, So I'd go work there often and, uh, I was just watching it and it, it kind of dawned on me. So I came up with the idea for Red Crest Fried Chicken while I was literally driving back and forth to the Catskills. I found the space on Passionk Avenue. Um, it was a previously had been a Chinese restaurant. They closed. There was like not even a for rent sign on the on the door. I I filled out or I wrote a little letter to the landlord and dropped it in the mailbox, hoping that they would find it. Uh, he called me a few weeks later. Um, we signed a lease. Uh, my father in law and I did most of the renovations on the space, and then we opened, as you said. Uh, was that February of 2018, Thursday, leading into Super Bowl weekend when the Eagles won. So that was an insane weekend to open a fried chicken restaurant in South Philadelphia. Um, and then, you know, we, we were doing really well. Uh, we, we broke ground on a new location of Red Crest Fried Chicken in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And we opened in November, late November of 2019. Um, and I think everyone knows what came next. Uh, COVID hit us just as we were kind of getting moving that following spring. We wound up losing that location. Um, I put everything that we had in a storage unit down here in Philly and was looking for a new space to open up a quick service spot here using the equipment that we had just moved from Philly or from Brooklyn, I'm sorry. Um, were introduced to the location of the, uh, Previously, the Bainbridge Street Barrel House, um, the space was offered to us with the liquor license uh, at a really good rate. We signed the lease on July 5th of 2021. July 25th of 2021, there was a catastrophic water main break, which filled our basement with over 100,000 gallons of water and took a turnkey restaurant back down to uh, bare studs in, in about 50% of the restaurant. Uh, so that was a devastating setback. Um, been fighting with uh, insurance companies in the city, et cetera, which we can go into detail if you'd like to talk about, but then kind of kind of got things rolling there. And then that brings us to 2022. Our lease is up on the Passion location on July 1st. Um, and just with the, the way things were going and the rents increasing, uh, we kind of just took a step back and said, you know, we're spreading ourselves thin. Labor, labor is really hard to come by right now. Um, our new location is twice as much space, twice as much usable space with a liquor license for almost dollar to dollar the same as, as our lease on Passion Avenue. So um, we decided to take a step back from that. Um, and just with a lot of repairs that needed to be spent on the building and putting money into a building that was not ours, we made the decision to... Um, to just say goodbye to that location for the time being. So uh, we closed a couple weeks ago, we're cleaning out there uh, and we are steady rolling getting the new location open, which will be at six in Bainbridge. You know, 
restaurants open closed throughout the city of Philadelphia. And unless you're a, you know, a big name during Perrier or, you know, a Garces or something like that, very seldom does a restaurant closing, you know, get the press and the PR that, you know, Red Crest closing really did, you know, Michael Klein and other, you know, writers and, and columnists in the city talked about it. It really had an impact because a lot of people, I think, in, in my opinion, felt the hardship that you were going through. Here is somebody who came through COVID, who is trying to do something really wonderful, bring, you know, this, you know, nice sit-down dining experience with great food, you know, uh, stepping up and having the liquor license. And all of a sudden, due to circumstances way beyond your control, this happens, and then you just get mirrored in the, you know, legality of what the city will do and how they will happen, you know, how they will help you. And, and you know, the total, in my opinion, failure of government, you know, that mm-hmm. something like this could happen and they could really walk away and, and just, you know, barely be penalized from a, a financial point of view. So, you know, Red Crest really did reflect a lot of our views about how hard you work and how hard this industry does. And I have to give you tremendous kudos for picking it up and moving forward. A lot of people at this point in time would have just thrown in the towel and say, you know what, I'm going to go to the office. But yeah. that's not who you are. You are you are a food person. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, there are days where I think, man, I, I wish I had just taken a job working for somebody else, you know, and, and I, I think I've just worked for myself for too long to really be able to do that anymore. I'm, I'm a little bit uh, spoiled on the when, you know, when I want to make a decision, I make it and I, I carry it out. And, you know, sometimes when you work for other people, you might not agree with their decisions. And it's really hard uh, after being self-employed for so many years now to, uh, to just accept things like that, you know, and I, I did work for a few people in between leaving Brooklyn and, and opening in Philadelphia. And it was, it was difficult, you know, even though they were some great employers, it was just still a really hard thing. So I guess all that being said, it's just, it would be hard for me to one walk away from this business that I've been working so hard on for the last, uh, you know, last six years now, um, since we, you know, kind of started the ball rolling and formed the LLC and put together all the, the business plan and started the fundraising. Uh, and the other end is, you know, I have responsibility to my investors and, um, you know, some people that really believe in me that are friends, family, and some strangers. And, you know, I feel inclined to keep pushing as hard as I can, uh, to return that, you know? And I think one last thing, sorry, one last thing for me, that's really important too, is just to create, to continue creating environments that are, are like they're positive work environments and positive workspaces, because there are so many bad jobs in this industry throughout, you know, all, all sectors of the industry and all states and cities that it's whatever we can do to kind of move the, move the, uh, move the ball forward on creating these like better work environments is, is another really big thing for me. So the labor market is something we could talk about for hours and hours and hours. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I, I spent my entire career in this industry, uh, both back in the house and in front of the house and, you know, things that are going on today in the labor market, you know, um, I was talking with a, a good friend of mine right before, you know, we started this interview who owns a very established business in the city, a couple locations. And he said, 
you know, his fry cook came in today and said, I need $3 an hour more. And I want you to guarantee me 10 hours of overtime every week. And, you know, he turned around and he says, so you're my fry later cook. You do wings and fries, but you want $60,000 a year. I can't actually do that as well. You know, I have an offer doing that. That's the force of the labor we have right now. That's what we're dealing with. And you know, mm-hmm. people leaving on short notice and all. So I applaud you for wanting to step up and make a difference and, and yeah. you know, get those right people. It's a difficult fight. Well, I think I think what we're seeing really in a in a big way right now is is an overcorrection of the atrocities that have been committed in this industry for so many years, and everyone being over or underpaid, overworked, uh, you know, not being taken care of, people being taken advantage of. Uh, it, it's just it, it was a nightmare industry to work in, and I feel like things are starting to get better a little bit, um, but. But now we're seeing the pendulum swing in the opposite direction in such a hard way that it's like, it's kind of shocking. But, you know, it's just, we, we have to change the way things were. And I think what we're right now is what we're experiencing is just like that really hard swing to the other direction, which is, again, sure. like it's, it's, it's overcorrecting, but we're moving towards the direction we need to be working in. And I, I can't blame people for, for uh, you know, asking for what they're worth. Um, and we have to figure out a way as, as people, as industry professionals and leaders and, and business owners, figure out a way to make it work. So it's yes, not it's easy, a, but it's a, big, it's a big fight. So let's switch to the very positive. We're looking at uh, sometime in September for the opening of Redcrest Kitchen. Yep. Tell us a little bit about what that's going to be, your menu, um, your <laughs> service style, everything yeah. about that. So, um, so as, as I said earlier, you know, we, we were looking for a quick service location kind of in the University City, West Philly area, maybe up near Temple, kind of had a few spots we were looking at. And then um, the broker we were working with, uh, Vincent Stippo um, from MSC, he said, oh, meet me at six in Bainbridge. And I said, well, that's one, that's too close to Red Crest Fried Chicken uh, in a neighborhood we don't want. And two, you know, like that space is huge. And then he said, but it has a liquor license. And I said, but sign me up, put in an LOI today. So, I mean, I, I looked at the place before it was on the market and I, I walked in with, with absolutely zero desire to operate in that environment, in that size space. Uh, and then when I, w- I walked in and just saw how well the place was built, um, you know, it's just a really, really nicely built restaurant, a really nicely built space. Uh, and I was like, eh, it's a little intriguing. And then he said, it also has a liquor license. And I said, okay, where do I put my name on the line? So we put an LOI in that day. Um, we took a few months to get the, get the paperwork, you know, worked out, um, get the contract contracts worked out. And um, so, you know, our intention originally was just to open a neighborhood spot. Um, you know, we're going to use Redcrest Kitchen as the name just to kind of keep brand recognition. We feel Redcrest the name has has done well so far for itself so um but we wanted to mirror the restaurant that i'm a partner in and i was the uh you know founding chef of in brooklyn called esma uh, it's e-s-m-e um that's in greenpoint brooklyn and it's just a neighborhood restaurant uh we kind of go with a casual but correct concept for uh style of service and style of food it is very much a casual 
neighborhood restaurant where you can feel comfortable going multiple times a week, take a date, take your friends, your, your parents come to visit, you know, but service is still correct. Wine service is correct. You know, we clear plates. Uh, I'm sorry, we clear uh, silverware in between courses. Um, you know, our, our staff is well-versed on the menu. So it's like a nice balance of a casual restaurant, but you're going to get really phenomenal service. Um, and the food is going to be, you know, really well done, but it's not going to be too precious. Um, you know, we, we don't spend too much money on, you know, garnishes because then I don't have to put a couple dollars extra on each dish because I'm, you know, getting foraged greens or, or microgreens or something like that. And while I, I absolutely love that food and I love that style of dining and I love that style of cooking, I just don't want to offer that here. You know, I want to have a spot where we're not, not tacking on a couple dollars to our, our steak because we're using a really, really precious, you know, microgreen or something like that. Wonderful. I, you know, to me, you've always been, and what I got out of Redcrest, you know, good, simple food done really well. Thank you. Thank you. you. That means a lot, you know. You know, you, you took the time to execute the technique. You took the time to go to the extra step and do it correct. Uh, something that is often lost today in a lot of mm-hmm. businesses. Everybody thinks they could be, you know, the next chef and they didn't have the upbringing or the experience to, you know, master the simple things. And, and mm-hmm. you, Redcrest did that so well. I mean, it made a yeah. name for themselves doing that so well. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the things that are going to be on the menu. Um, so, you know, I, I guess what, one thing that we're going to do, which is interesting, which I'll, I'll delve into a little bit here, is we're going to be running Redcrest Kitchen out of out of the out of that space, right? But concurrently, we're also going to be running Redcrest Fried Chicken for delivery and takeout only. Um, and so you'll be able to to download. We have a mobile app which we've been using for a while. Has like loyalty points and whatnot so you can actually like you know get um you know you can get like money back on your orders uh but you can you can order you'll be able to order for takeout which you'll be able to pick up at the bar or for delivery uh which will only be available through our our mobile app or our website we're not going to be doing any third-party uh caviar or grubhub etc we're going to try to steer away from those those businesses um so that'll be running while we're there. So you'll be able to get all of the Redcrest fried chicken food delivered to your house still. The menu for Redcrest Kitchen, as I said, we want to do, you know, casual but correct kind of uh, kind of menu. Um, we will have stuff on the menu like, you know, we're going to have like whole whole wings. So it'll be like a whole chicken wing served with either a salsa matcha sauce or tossed in a dry uh, salt and vinegar rub. Um, another dish on the menu that, that I've been working on at home right now, which has been kind of fun, um, being able to subject my family to these things is, um, doing a burrata with, um, blueberries, Thai basil, um, and, and like a sweet preserved, uh, Serrano chili. Um, we also on the menu, uh, one of the, one of the dishes that I really, really love right now, one of the entrees, it's DS. Served really nice and crispy uh, with white uh, mackerel. Either use marrow beans or uh, just like a white great northern bean. But the northern beans are cooked with chards, 
um, and then the onions and are taken out and pureed. And cooked beans are folded back into that and finished with white miso beer. And then pickled white onions and then just like a little bit of like a kind of like a spicier green, either like um, you know mustard green or or watercress or something like that, just to give a little bit of a bite. So um, it's a really really simple dish. It looks really pretty. Um, but yeah, that's like one of my favorite entrees that we've got on the menu right now. I love how you say it's a really simple dish. I'm sure many of our listeners <laughs> are like, huh? And <laughs> it, it really is. And the flavor, as you were describing that, I could taste that. Just yeah. the individual flavors blending together or what that would be. But, you know, taking that little time to pull the beans out or the onions out and puree them, add them back. Mm-hmm. You know, those little steps that are just, you know, impacting the flavor so strongly. So yeah. absolutely well, amazing. I guess when I say simple, it's it's that the, the techniques are simple enough, but it's also the flavors are really simple. Like, um, you know, and we, I, one thing that I really, I picked up at, at one of my jobs that really kind of blew my mind with cooking was just the, the layering of, of flavors, like, you know, like using, using the consistent items in, in dishes, you know, like, um, uh, it's another fish dish, but I used to do, um, uh, Chilean sea bass, and it was served with uh, sauteed, you know, caramelized cauliflower, um, and then the sauce itself was a soubise, so an onion puree sauce. Sure. But all the scrap from the cauliflower, when you broke down the cauliflower, all the stems went into the soubise. So it was a really background flavor of cauliflower. It was not very prominent, but it was just a little bit in the background with with the soubise. So as you're eating everything, you get these layers and layers and layers of flavors that that you might not even pick up on, but they they make sense and they they mingle really well and they they're kind of just in the background they're working together. So uh, and and I was just it was an interesting in, interesting insight that I was able to think of my old jobs. And and that is something that so many young chefs getting out there don't understand yet. Uh, you know they go for uh, a big impact they go for a big you know forward flavor kind of thing and, and even some winemakers do that mm-hmm. but you know they they miss that layering opportunity to you know make a dish so memorable and you know to me that's what comfort food is mm-hmm. you know good comfort food when you can take simple flavors and you know layer them and build them you 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 are on to success my man you are you know <laughs> I cannot wait till September now to be able to come down and, and try some of this food. I want to touch well, on something else we talked about a little bit about your tie to the community. You know, a lot of people, when bad things happen, the first thing that they do is, you know, they go out and say, who could give me for free or who could do this or who could help me out here? And you reached out to the community um, in something I'm pretty familiar with, which is the Honeycomb Credit Campaign. So rather than just, you know, reaching out for anything from the government or going through all that, you brought on a series of private investors that Mm -hmm. while they don't have equity, they they have interest in your business. And, you know, you're signing off on making sure they get paid and, you know, and it's a good interest rate that, you know, they're getting back, they're getting a good return. You know, why didn't you go to traditional SBA or, you know, looking for, you know, money and through the government and things like that? And what made you decide on going to Honeycomb? 
Well, I, I think that, you know, um, I can speak to that in a bigger picture kind of way, which is that, we, you, you know, something I recognized very early on in my career is that the community is the people are, are who supports me as a business owner. You know, I'm not, I'm not getting money from anyone else. It's the people in my neighborhood that come and eat at my restaurant. They tip my staff. They, they, you know, I'm going to feed them and their family and they are going to keep my business moving and help me pay my staff. Right. It's, it's, I can't exist without them. Um, they can eat without me, but I can't, I can't eat without them. Um, so it's really important to me and, you know, community in general is, is, has always been a big driving force for me in, in pretty much anything I do, whether it's, you know, politically or business-minded or just, you know, where I choose to spend my money, I try to spend it in the community. Um, so much like the reason that we're getting away from these third-party delivery companies, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want somebody placing an order with me and then 30% of that order, the money leaves our community and goes to another city and another group of investors. So moving to this, you know, my, our mobile app, you know, that, that money, we pay a small fraction of, of that for processing fees, right? And that, that does leave our community, but all the rest of the money stays here. I, I, I can charge less for the food. So it keeps more money in your pocket. You're able to get some money back in the term of loyalty points that keeps more money in your, your pocket. So keeps, you know, it's a closed loop economy. It keeps money in our system. Um, you know, the, the delivery drivers who take the food, the tip goes to them. You know, the percentage that I'm paying for delivery goes to them. Um, and that's just so when I found out about, um, it really made sense to me, you know, it, it, it's it's a way to have people invest in our business. Not like I said, it's not equity based, but it's it's debt based uh, interest in the in the business. So the way it works is, uh, you can invest whatever amount of money into um, into our business through Honeycomb. Uh, we pay the loan back over five years. Uh, we we have a ten point two five percent interest rate. Um, the money we pay, we pay it to Honeycomb quarterly, or I'm sorry, monthly, and then all of our investors get a quarterly uh, distribution. So, um, you know, if we let the loan run the full five term, uh, five year term, then we wind up giving everybody back about a 30% return on their investment. So if you put in $1,000, you'll get about 1300 a little over $1,300 back. Um, so, you know, the interest rate is a little bit more, um, but one, it's it's a quicker turnaround uh, to get involved with Honeycomb from the day we signed up with them. We went through the application process to getting the money back if we do raise the full $70,000 is about 60% faster, 70% faster than going through the SBA style loan. But also it keeps the money in our community. The money that's being returned to interest is going to members of our community and to some of our customers and to some of my friends and family. Uh, and I'd rather give that money to them than give it to, you know, enter whatever name of whatever bank you want to. And, and you know, here, I don't want to get anyone. So. So now having a liquor license going to be a little bit different from you uh, or different for you. So tell us a little bit about what we might expect at the bar there. Um, well, so, you know, we, we're going to, the space had 25 lines, 25 tap lines. 
So we're going to cut that down to about eight, eight beers on tap. Uh, we're going to have a few cocktails on tap. Uh, we're going to have, what's that? That's wonderful. Glad to hear that. Yeah. So we're going to have probably three cocktails on tap. Um, one of them is, is, um, it's called the, the Papacito number three. So when we took over our restaurant in Brooklyn, it was called Papacitos and it was like a kind of neighborhoody, you know, Mexican restaurant, but it was, um, kind of like a hipster Mexican restaurant. They had a lot of vegetarian and vegan food there. Um, quality was, it was okay. Um, but so when we, when we started, uh, Esma, I really wanted to put a draft Paloma on the menu. Um, I just thought it would be a great summertime drink. And so we called it the Papacito and it's gone through now two different iterations. So this will be the third version for, for the new restaurant. Um, and then we'll have, uh, we'll have rival brothers is going to be doing our coffee program. So we'll have rival brothers cold brew on draft for me pretty much specifically, um, just so I don't have to <laughs> leave the building to get my coffee fix. Um, and then we'll probably have a, you know, a rotating selection of cocktails. Um, the opening menu I've designed just because uh, from my background, I, I have worked with cocktail programs before. I worked at a restaurant in Brooklyn called Gwinnett Street and the program that I was involved in, there was three bartenders that did all the drinks, uh, myself included. And we actually got nominated for Best new restaurant program at Tales of the Cocktail for 2012 for best restaurant bar program. Uh, we we lost to the Nomad, which sure. was a pretty pretty amazing program. Yeah. So even to be nominated yeah. next to them was such a cool cool experience. But um, so I, I've taken some of my favorite from that menu and just given them a little bit of an update, um, and then just taken some other one from friend and just kind of put it together so um you know so i i put that together you know as we as we hire staff and find uh sure we'll work together with them so that cohesive program that makes sense with our food uh but you know we'll give up that control pretty much to the else uh and then as far as it's going to be a really simple menu um probably you know, everything's going to be by the glass available. I don't think we're going to have like a big, big selection of bottle only. Um, and it'll probably be, you know, three, three whites, three rosés, three reds, a couple sparkling. I'm um, going to just keep it really, really simple, straightforward. So as we wind up now, we're coming close on time. People want to follow and find out when the restaurant's opening. What's the best way to do that? So we are on Instagram uh, at Red Crest Kitchen. Also at Redcrest Fried Chicken. Uh, those are our two Instagram accounts. You can also find um, us at Facebook. And if you just put in Facebook forward slash Redcrest Kitchen or forward slash Redcrest Fried Chicken, you'll also wind up at our, uh, at our Facebook pages. Redcrestkitchen.com is the website for the restaurant. Uh, it's right now, it's just a placeholder. We don't really have much there. Um, and then uh, redcrestfriedchicken.com is a is a the web's website for the Red Crest Fried Chicken. There you can find a link to our online ordering platform as well as a link to download the mobile app. Uh, you can find a link to the Honeycomb campaign. We got about a week left. We're about two thirds of the way through the campaign. So if you are hearing this and it's something you're interested in, go check it out. There's a link to it in all of our Instagram accounts. Uh, my my personal is at at Adam Volk, um, and you can find a link to it there. Um, on any of our websites, you can find a link to it there. We've we've pretty we've made it very easy 
to uh, to find a link to the Honeycomb campaign. You can also just go to honeycomb.com uh, and you'll be able to, or honeycombcredit.com and you'll Honeycomb be able to find a, a link to it there as well. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you back up and going uh, early this fall. Cannot wait, and I will certainly be one of the first customers coming through your door. Very excited um, to, you know, see you moving forward. Thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you, Adam. Yep, thank you so much. Thank you, Adam. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. To become a sponsor of our show and have your business or event promoted on every single podcast platform, two Philadelphia radio stations on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. evening drive time, an FM station in New York, and to the millions of Facebook users worldwide with access to the Facebook mobile app. Send us an email to either foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com or diningonadime at yahoo.com and we're back let's take you live to lincoln financial field and we have two great interviews we interviewed the head of public relations for goya foods that interview is going to teach you stuff about goya foods i'll bet you never knew and then we're interviewing the great pastry chefs at walnut hill college the restaurant school and there's a lot of tips in that interview that you might not know best bang for your buck could be at walnut hill college uh, Amherst Pollock. I also want to give a shout out because today is the last day that we are celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month. And it is also Tuesday. We're celebrating National Macaroon Day. Um, and then looking forward into the month of June, there's lots of things to celebrate, including national fruit and vegetables. Um, it is LGBTQIA month. It is National Dairy Month. It is National uh, country cooking month. So there's a lot of things to look forward to. We will be covering some of that in next week's episode um, with some of our fabulous guests, including somebody who is going to join us and tell us about some of the big events happening in or around the city that is celebrating National Pride Month, um, in addition to some of the other things that are happening related to the national celebration. So thank you for listening and Tune in, keep tuned in for our Women Against Abuse Dish It Up uh, two interviews with some fabulous guests. And if you would like to donate to the cause for Women Against Abuse, you can go to www.womenagainstabuse.org. Yep, and uh, both of these interviews with Goya Foods and the restaurant school at Walnut Hill College contain information that you will really want to know. So let's go to those interviews. Food Farms and Chefs is live from Lincoln Financial Field. The wonderful Dish It Up event that supports a great cause, Women Against Abuse. We are here with Rafael Toro from Goya Foods. Goya Foods is one of the big time sponsor for this event. Talk about Goya Foods. Talk about the role Talk about what, you, uh, what you're involved in with Goya Foods. Well, Goya is involved in this great cause with this great organization because we've decided to take on the issue of human trafficking, the issue of child trafficking, sure. which is what this organization fights for. And we want to educate one billion people so that they can understand what happens when women get trafficked 
when children get trafficked. It is a global epidemic, and Goya has decided to fight for it. And, uh, and this organization is doing a great job here in the Philadelphia area to help women that are victims of human trafficking and victims of domestic abuse. And, and Raphael, you are the director of public relations for yes, Goya. Yes, I am. You should be honored to be working for such a fine company. Uh, Goya is high-quality products, 2,500 products. 2,500 products. We've been around for over 85 years. Wow. We are an American company. We have 23 facilities in the United States and in the Caribbean and also in Spain. And uh, we're very part of not only being a company that does business in the community, but we're part of the community. And that's why we're here, because we think it's very important to help organizations like this that help the community. Let's get into it. I kind of sidetracked, but uh, talk about the human trafficking and uh, your goal. Well, as I said before, um, what we want to do is we want to reach one billion people. We think it's important to educate and to bring awareness to this. So we're targeting kids. We're targeting parents. We're targeting educators. And we're also targeting corporations so that will filter down to their employees so they can become aware of this, so they can see what happens when kids get trafficked, so that parents are aware of this, so that kids are aware. Because a lot of this happens in the schools, happens when they're out at night, it happens on the internet. Social media is, it can be very dangerous and parents have to be aware of this and also kids have to be aware that some, even some of their own classmates are involved in these human trafficking issues. How about that? And that is such a wonderful thing that I'm a super fan of Goya products. I think Goya, uh, you know, you guys keep the highest quality over so many different products but it, it's also wonderful to see such a big company like Goya reaching down into the community and helping. I mean, well, that's got to be an important thing for well, you. Well, listen, we, we, we sponsor 300 nonprofit organizations. Wow. Last week, I was actually in Poland. We have donated 1 million pounds of food wow. to Ukrainian refugees. And I tell you, I was there last week uh, visiting with kids that came over across the border on their own, that they're in refugee camps and in orphanages. And I have to tell you, kids are kids. Wherever they are, you show them a little bit of love, show them a little bit of kindness, and they really respond to it. So it was, uh, I think I got more out of it than the, than the kids did. So, you know, whether it's in the Ukraine or whether it's right here in Philadelphia, we just try to help people. And because we understand that a company, it's not just about making money, but it's about helping the community and being part of the community. So when our listeners are buying a Goya product, keep in mind that Goya is doing a lot. Absolutely. Uh, during for, during COVID, for example, in uh, in 2020, we donated over 4.5 million pounds of food to wow. people in need. Uh, a lot of that went to right here in the Philadelphia area. So you know, we try to step up when 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 it's necessary. And so, when you're supporting Goya, you're supporting a company that gives back. Absolutely. So I think that is so important. Absolutely. And I just want to applaud uh, what this organization does. Joanna Otero has been a friend of mine, the director for forever, and they're doing a remarkable job of of basically saving lives. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Women Against Abuse does such a wonderful job uh, saving lives. They also, uh, we were talking about the stats earlier, Raphael, and one in four people have been affected by domestic uh, uh, violence. One in four. Yes. That means if you were to put four people over here, 
you know, one in four has been affected. That's an incredible number. I mean, and it's so good to see that Goya is uh, helping that uh, mission. And uh, it's also important to notice that, uh, that, that many immigrant women don't reach out for help. Yes. Because, you know, they, they think that something's going to happen to them. So they just live in fear. And, and they should know that if a woman is being violated, if a woman is being abused, if a woman's being trafficked, if they reach out for help, they won't be asked any questions. They'll just be given the help that they need. And another thing, Raphael, is these events make awareness. You know what I mean? I mean, tonight, the, uh, you know, y- your money is going to a great cause, Women Against Abuse, and you're also raising awareness. And I think awareness is most important, getting the word out. Exactly. Especially when it comes to human and child, woman trafficking. A sure. lot of people are not aware that this happens. Let me tell you, this is eye-opening to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I watch everything on the news, you know, and, and you're opening my eyes. And it, and it happens in, in neighborhoods uh, from from high, affluent neighborhoods to the inner city. It affects everybody. Right. Absolutely. And Goya is such great. You guys are a top-class product, high-quality uh, and it's good to know that when I spend my money on a Goya product, that you guys are out there uh, doing good. Thank and, you. And, Thank you. and donating, you know, and supporting causes like this. This is my co-host. Her name is Amaris Pollock. Hi, Amaris. How are you doing? How are you? Okay. I was perusing the crowd and all the food. <laughs> so I apologize that I wasn't here That's when this okay. started. You know, I was um, doing the same thing when they grabbed exactly. me, you know. Um, so... You are the director of public relations yes. for Goya, and uh, your name is Rafael Toro, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, so I just want to thank you for the fact that you are a huge sponsor of this. Um, how many years have you participated in Women Against Abuse? Well, actually, this is, this is our first year. Okay. We, um, jo- Joanna Otero is someone that I've known for a very, very long time. And, Good uh, evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our program will begin in a few minutes. Yeah. If you could, please make your way. I guess they're trying to tell us something. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you can tell it's live. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Well, so again, she uh, uh, she got involved and she reached out to us. And again, our our main cause this year is women trafficking, kids trafficking. So it was it was a synergy. So we decided that we want to step up and and be a main sponsor of this great event. And it's a, it is an amazing event. It's been ongoing for many years at this point. Um, so I'm glad that you joined it. I, I assume that you're going to, moving forward, participate further. And, you know, well, it won't be a one and done. Exactly. <laughs> so now I know that all the various chefs are you know, utilizing your products in, in their different dishes. Um, what are some of the dishes that you've come across where you're just like pulling some of that flavor of some of the Goya products that they use? Well, I'll be honest with you. People have not given me a chance to try the product, <laughs> to try the dishes. I've been walking around, and people are grabbing me. Hey, can I take a picture? Hey, can I talk to you? And uh, I haven't had a chance to try any, so hopefully I'll get a chance to sample some of the dishes. You know, uh, I'm actually going to announce the, the, the winner of the category of the desserts, so hopefully I'll get to try the desserts, you know. <laughs> I can say from um, a personal experience that that dessert over there with the cookie and the pretzel, um, mad sweets, it's lavender ice cream that they made from scratch with the cinnamon cookie and um, uh, 
salted pretzels, and it's so good. Oh. You have to try it's, it's that. It's not one. good. It's so it's good. So, good. <laughs> so I don't know which product they used of yours, but uh, let me tell you, it turned out fantastic. Well, we have over 2,500 products, so you know, yeah. there's a lot of products that they could use. You know, yeah, there's a wide variety. And another thing, our 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 slogan is that if it's Goya, it has to be good. Yeah, and that is the the slogan and the trust that we want our consumers to have because a lot of the products that people buy they buy on trust i mean you're in a can it's in a can so you don't know what's in that can yeah it's in a box so we want them to know that when they buy a product from us it's going to be high quality authentic quality product yeah. that they know is going to be uh, a good product. Exactly. Now, we had Chef Fernando on here earlier um, and he was fantastic, you know, explaining that you guys have a lot of new high-quality products that are out um, on the shelves now for purchase. So, what are some of the products that you have that are new that you've tried that you absolutely love? You know, I want to tell you what my favorite product yeah, is because I, 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 I have to... We have, we have plantains that are frozen. Those are, the, that is my go-to. It's always that, that is, there will always be two boxes of plantains in my house. Four minutes, you nuke them, and they're delicious. And it was just like if you cut them on your own. And uh, we also have a, a, a caldo gallego that, uh, that we have that people think that, uh, that people made it from scratch, and I heard someone say, "You know, I don't. I tell people that I actually made this." You know, <laughs> so you know, we 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 pride ourselves on the quality of, of our products. As I said, you know, if it's Goya, it, it has to be good. Now, would Goya ever be um, a participant in making like a product that benefited directly, like a dollar or a certain percentage went to a foundation, or is that something where you allocate, like here, where you're sponsoring the the actual event? Um, so do you reach out and do various events where you do things like this? Or have you ever worked with a product that benefits, you know, well, certain... Well, we've... Yeah, cause-related marketing. That's, yes. that's what we've done. We've done that in the past where we've told people if you buy a particular product, you will donate to an orphanage in Mexico or to an orphanage in, in Colombia. So we, we, have, we have done that, that before. That's nice. Yeah. Now, I know also you put up your recipes online so that people can go to your sites and get ideas on how to utilize your products. What is one of the recipes that you would say, you know, maybe with the plantains that you love so much, um, that you direct people, our listeners, to try out? Well, the, the product that people try, the, the, the recipe, rice with chicken, arroz con pollo. That's very, very popular, arroz con pollo. So that arroz con pollo with those Maduros all the time. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. And Rafael Goya is a major sponsor of the uh, event today. And you are the main man because you're going to go and present a big award, right? Yes, I'm going to present the uh, the best dessert, you know, because so, we like them sweet. You that's know? right. <laughs> and I want to thank you. It was such an honor. Uh, Goya is uh, such a great product. Lots of great products. Over 2,500 highest quality products thank uh, you. for Goya. I'm going to tell you how much of an honor it is. Uh, so, and a thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you, and thank you for having me. You guys held my hands. You guys were great. Raphael, you were awesome. Okay, Let's go back to the studio. Food, Farms, and Chefs is live from Lincoln Financial Field for the great Dish It Up event that supports Women's Against Abuse. And we have one of my favorite spots. 
Uh, we have two chefs, pastry chefs, from one of my favorite places, Walnut Hill College. I love the fact that you can go to Walnut Hill College, and there are restaurants inside the college, and you can eat very well at a very low price. So if you have not gotten that tip yet, that's your tip for today. Walnut Hill College, you can eat very well. The prices are low because they're great students. Let's talk about your particular department, the pastry department. Talk about what you do at the college and give our listeners some information about what exactly day-to-day that you take care of. So in our pastry department, uh, we actually run a bakery. We supply food for our restaurants and our students. So if you want to come in and enjoy dinner with your family or friends, you can make reservations in our Bistro Perrier, which is open Tuesday through Saturday. Right. Uh, we also have an Italian-themed restaurant as well as an American-themed restaurant. Um, so there's a couple different varieties of menus that you can choose from, and it's all student-driven. Um, so while the students are in their classes, they're hard at work uh, preparing the food for all of the restaurants and the bake shop as well. And the restaurants are uh, the best bang for your buck because they're cooked by students, so the prices are lower. And the Italian restaurant in your college is absolutely fantastic. Oh, thank you. So talk about uh, some of the pastries you uh, have what are your best uh, movers, etc.? What do you like? What kind of pastries do you, like, do you have? What, do you, what did you make for the event tonight? So tonight we have um, profiteroles. We're calling them cosmic profiteroles, but they're filled with a blueberry chantilly cream and lemon curd. Wow. My chef Honeyman here. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and then we're also serving jandua, uh, which is a chocolate hazelnut candy. Wow, that's fantastic. Upscale type stuff, right? Amherst Pollock, Walnut Hill College. Uh, we're going to put you on YouTube in a minute. Uh, but do you have any questions about the college? Like I said, my favorite thing about Walnut Hill College is that, you know, the restaurants in there are, are, are less money and the food is high quality. Well, I think that one of my big questions as far as, you know, your participation in the Dish It Up event is, you know, what brought you guys here what inspired you to create that, that for, um, for your dish? Well, it's a great event. We participated a few years ago. And what I love about it, too, is that it's all women chefs. So I think it's a great inspiration for our students, you know, to see the different women in the field. Um, what was our inspiration? <laughs> we went purple. So, we- <laughs> So purple was the theme. So we wanted to do something that was naturally purple. So we chose blueberry because once it's cooked down, it has this really beautiful, vibrant color. Um, And we were hoping that people might think that it's out of this world. So cosmic came to my mind. And with the... we did a few sprinkles on the top of our cream puffs, and they have the colors of the galaxy. So it's blue and it's purple, a little bit of black. Um, so hopefully to catch your eye. Uh, so that's really where the inspiration. And then it's we're getting ready to hit spring, so we thought lemon would be a great combination flavor uh, to go along with that. And this is a great event. Supports women against abuse. Uh, so you do want to? It's just, but it is a female chef competition. It is. You, you know what I mean? So you got to bring your best stuff. Wasn't our driving force being here to support right, right. to support the organization and a chance to get the students back out into 
Um, the public, again, is a really great opportunity because, you know, we've kind of been shut in for the last couple of years and we're all feeling really great about finally getting out again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did the, the students actually participate in creating the, um, I'm going to, I'm notorious for messing up names, <laughs> the, the pastry. There we go. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll divert it and just say that. <laughs> <laughs> They did. So the morning class that we run is called pastry production. So we had to make 350 desserts this morning to uh, be able to serve tonight. So they were hard at work this morning and the students were involved in every portion of it. Um, So they made the pastry cream, they made the lemon curd, and then we had another student helping cut um, and assemble everything so it was definitely an all hands in kind of project so a lot of uh student love went into creating the dessert um now not related to the dish it up but i also know that walnut hill college you're locate you have a great location it's right off of walnut uh walnut street um so it's very visible now how can people because i believe that you guys offer like tasting tasting menus or dinners that people can attend um how do people you know, find that online or reach out to you? Um, well, g- through our website, and then also I think we're on open table. for uh, we're, The restaurant is open Tuesday through Saturday, and then we also have a bakery that we run. Uh, it's from Monday through Saturday. Um, That's great. So open. And we have free parking, which also makes it nice. That makes it nice, and you're <laughs> in a great location, right like she said. 7-Eleven, so 42nd and Walnut. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's a great area for restaurants, too, just it to is. give it's a, a plug to the restaurants in that area. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned that you have a bakery. So what are some of the baked goods that you offer that people can purchase? Well, we have in the morning, we put out um, homemade croissants and danishes. We have a selection of homemade cookies. We always put out two breads a day. We always have a classic French bread, and then we put out a flavor bread. And then we have cakes and miniature pastries and, and more. <laughs> and more whatever, a lot more. I've been to the bakery. Yeah. At the time. Like, for instance, we just had a big, we just had a chocolate and confection class, and they did a lot of uh, Jandua. So that's why you see Jandua tonight. <laughs> and there's a lot of young people that would love to be in the, in the pastry profession. You know, what is your advice uh, to them? Like if they're in, aspiring to be a pastry chef, uh, what would you say? Uh, to them, to go to Walnut Hill College, of course, and uh, and then I guess you know just get out there and work, right? Well, you have to be passionate, but also hard work. Like you know, get, learn your basics and put your head down and keep work and working hard. You know, learn as much as you can. And it's so nice that you guys are per- having the students participate in a great event like this because it's doing such good for a lot of people. They, they really the Women Against Abuse is a fantastic organization that does a lot. How important is that to get the young people involved uh, to help in uh, different ways, you know, to the charity? I think it is really important uh, to be able to see that there's always a way to give back to the community and be a part of the community. And um, especially in a school, you want them to get the whole experience, not just physically learning how to make items, but how to become immersed in what's actually happening out in the industry and in the world Um, and there's always some way that you can actually get involved and this is great too because we have interviewed several chefs gene as as a co-host and chefs do such good work uh, uh, for charities 
you know, and it's good to teach them early in, in, in a school setting. So, Amherst? Um, I mean, just the the importance of women against abuse and getting the word out and, you know, how that could influence also the students by the fact that they know what they're creating these these dishes for. Um, and, and as you had said, it also kind of gets them into the charitable like organizations early. Um, what is something that you would say to someone out there who is considering becoming a pastry chef? Um, being in this industry is definitely challenging. Uh, it is not always... Um, easy work you're constantly challenged uh you're you're, yeah you're you're a magician you have to learn to think on your feet and figure things out you're often you know given obstacles but um i think collaborating and learning how to learn from all the people around you because everyone comes from different backgrounds to have different experiences so just opening yourself up to um the idea that you can really learn from absolutely anyone that that you're working alongside, uh, I think, is really important. It is. It's very important. Okay. Well, we want to thank you so much for your support of this great organization, and we also want to thank you for being on the show. But uh, do you have any uh, social media or anything you want to promote, or you want to just give your name? Well, Walnut Hill College, of right. course. On, we're on Instagram, and I have a Maria Stecker on Instagram. There you go. Uh, I think I'm Kate Honeyman on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that I have to work on. Well, we want we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your support of this great organization, and we want to thank you for being on the show. And let's take it back to the studio. Uh, PhillyRestaurantReviews.com for all the information about the show. Emmer's Pollock. You can find me on social media at ARPollockus, or if you would like to be a sponsor of our show or be on the show, you can email us directly at ARPollockus at gmail.com. Chef Gene! You can find me across social media at IDFoodie2 or at GBlob, or you can email me directly with questions or suggestions for upcoming shows at IDFOODIE, the number two, at yahoo.com. That's IDFoodie2 at yahoo.com. 